there's always a few of these guys going around in gangland that have this reputation of of being extremely violent. Even in that world, they seem to generate a lot of fear because they seem to have no limits on the level of violence they're, they're, they're willing to use. It was a Jeremy Kyle moment in the middle of, uh, of, of gangland Ireland, you know? I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. It was an explosion of violence that claimed five lives in just a few months. Yet it is indicative of the new gangland, where bullets do all the talking. From the murder of 23-year-old Zach Parker outside a gym, to the assassination of a 41-year-old Iranian, blasted to death as he came to pay respects to his own slain mob boss. The heady months of 2019 in Kulak left a devastating legacy. So why did violence spiral out of control in a part of Dublin which often finds itself at the epicentre of gang wars? Was the fallout a freak occurrence or simply a very modern feud? Today, I'm talking to the Sunday World Deputy Editor Niall Donald about the jailing of gun killer Wayne Cooney, about the frightening murders that engulfed a group of friends and about those left behind to pick up the pieces. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Wayne Cooney has been sentenced now to life imprisonment for the murder of Jordan Davis. Another gangland crime um, goes through the courts and I suppose another man, one is dead, another in prison for for, uh, a life sentence. But... This particular crime happened in the middle of an outburst of violence, unprecedented even within that world in in 2019. And Davis was wheeling his baby in a pram at the time he was shot dead, which made that crime stand out, really. But it also happened 24 hours after he had... uh, put up a social media posting sympathising with another friend of his, a 22-year-old called Sean Little, who'd been shot dead. So we're just going to talk about what happened and, you know, how quickly it all occurred and, in a way, how quickly it all ended. Um, Starting with Jordan Davis, who was he and what was the reasons given for his murder? Well, Jordan Davis was was part of a young group of, of criminals who, um, you know, had, they were in the, I suppose you could say they were the, this is the first, one of the gangs that, that took control in the, the post-Hutch Kinahan feud era. Um, all of a sudden, you know, because of a kind of a breakdown in, in, in gangland due to the feud, due to the policing of it, due to the fact very senior people had to leave the country or or stopped having a very direct hand in it, what you had was an explosion of young guys really taking control. Um, and Jordan Davis um, was was linked to a group called the Gucci Gang, who really uh, dominated the drugs trade in in that in a part in an area North Dublin, sort of Kulak area, really. These guys were not even in their mid-20s, most of them. They were all in their early 20s and they were dealing with 
huge amounts of drugs. I mean, massive amounts of 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 money going around. But with all that money, and uh, there was a lot of maybe chaos, a lot of debts, drug debts being built up, a lot of things going wrong. So Jordan Davis, um, as the trial, the recent murder trial heard, um, was one of these young guys who, for various reasons, had amassed a big, big, big drug debt. I mean, you're talking 70,000. It's it's a, an ir- almost irrecoverable amount of money um, for anybody, let alone somebody with no income other than drugs in his very in a very young man and um so the trial heard that 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 was the most likely the motive for why he was shot dead and as you said he was shot dead in you know in circumstances that 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 genuinely are shocking you know um he was he was pushing his four month old baby in a in a buggy when he was shot uh, very close to his home you know really quite a savage thing to do you know um and Wayne Cooney escaped on a bicycle and had been seen in the area in the days before on a bicycle kind of scoping the place out but Cooney is one of these people that he wasn't sort of the mastermind of this he wasn't the one that was owed the money he was acting on directions of another criminal who we can't currently name because he's before the courts, but an individual who had become extremely volatile at that particular point in time. Very ambitious drug dealer who was seeing opportunities for himself given the demise of, of the Kinahan's stronghold in the area. And somebody who was always described as being constantly off his head on, on drugs and steroids etc and had been you know whether or not Jordan Davis owed him this death debt this 70,000 drug debt he believed he did he was seemed to have been demanding money off everybody at the time though yeah so I mean uh, Wayne Cooney was certainly not the, the the mastermind he seems to have been dragged in through you know friendships he developed he wasn't necessarily part of 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 you know any faction in Kulak but he was dragged in by this very very volatile criminal who had i suppose it's there's always a few of these guys going around in gangland maybe like you know a Robbie Lawler type that have this reputation of of being extremely violent extremely even in that world they seem to generate a lot of fear because they seem to have no limits on the level of violence they're they're, they're willing to use this drug dealer again was one of those people that generated a lot of fear in the local area didn't care who he crossed had been involved in very serious organized criminality from a very very early age um and he is as as you said he'd been this seemed to be a pattern with him where drug debts develop most of these times as you know yourself the most important thing to the to the drug dealers to get that money back um but uh so but in in this case with this criminal he seems to have been willing to to threaten quite openly um using phones showing very little concern about being caught or not being caught but really relying on his on his reputation for extreme violence to to, to force people to, to 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 hand up the money and also to to 
that level of fear to ensure that they wouldn't go to the police or anything like that. I mean, this guy was very much living in the moment at that time. And he is, he's currently facing charges in relation to something of a similar situation where he didn't take much care in um, protecting himself from the law. He very much used his own phone to threaten people. Um, He actually had sent a text to Davis at some point from a phone that he was known to use saying, I'm on your case, mate, it won't be long. I mean, really, uh, certainly not business-like behaviour within the world of drugs. But he, that debt, you know, that 70,000 drug debt was was spoken about in the court. Um, Those debts can often be caused because there is a seizure. It's a little bit like past the parcel. And if you're left with the parcel in your lap when the music stops and in the case of drugs, the guards burst in and will seize it, you're the one with the debt. So you haven't actually accumulated the 70,000 and spent it. Uh, You may just have lost it without ever gaining anything from it whatsoever. And that world with no laws, um, you know, anything goes. So anybody can be accused of owing that debt. And in cases involving this particular drug dealer believed to have ordered the murder of Jordan Davis. There was other cases where he assumed there was 250,000 owed to him and he was willing to go and shoot up innocent people in order to get that money. Um, Wayne Cooney has 21 or had 21 previous convictions, but he's got away from for life there, a 31-year-old man um, leaving behind a family himself. <sighs> He seemed to be very chaotic, very disorganised to make his escape on a bicycle to not avoid the CCTV cameras in the area. Um, While he was of an age, you'd imagine that he had been in the drug game for a long time. He just seemed to be very nonsensical in his approach to this murder. Yeah, I mean, I think the the reality is you're not dealing with a a high level of professionalism in in, in in this whole tragic story. Um, what you're seeing instead is is a kind of a chaotic, uh, you know, attempts to demand money, but also to make sure people save face and, you know, people are being dragged in. Um, maybe like Wayne Cooney, you did, as you say, have 21 convictions and convictions regarding drugs already and was obviously involved in that that sort of trade and business and was a very dangerous man to have. He was described as a very dangerous man by the judge. But nonetheless, you're not dealing with people that are highly organised criminals. You know, we, we're obviously, you know, if you look at other murders involving the, the kid in cartel, you're seeing, you know, in-depth planning, spotters, you know, uh, escape routes, getaway cars, your spot truck tracker devices, all these kind of tough stuff. This is a totally other it's in a totally other ball game really here. What you're seeing is people acting impulsively, uh, you know, demanding, uh, you know, kill killings for respect really, as opposed to any sort of professional professionalism. When emotions come in, even albeit, um, you know, screwed up ones. Now, 24 hours before Jordan Davis was shot, Sean Little, a friend of his, childhood friend of his, 22 years of age, was shot dead um, beside a car out in the Balbriggan area. His body was left burning and uh, he was already 
vowing a ve- a revenge for another murder, which had kicked off the year in January of that year, 2019, um, and sort of really set the scene for, for what was to come. But his friend, Zach Parker, uh, had been 21 years of age, drug dealer, uh, small time kind of really drug dealer. He was described as he'd been shot dead outside a gym on the north side. He owed money, apparently, to the Gucci gang, a subset of the Kinahan organisation. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in Zach Parker was the first of, of, I suppose, that generation of 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 criminal to be to be shot dead. Um, all very, very young guys. Um, they, Zach Parker was a barber originally, um, you know, certainly known to the police and had had been before the courts for drugs, but not regarded as a as a massive player. Um, but he was very close to Sean Little, who was, a, although he was only in his early 20s as well, he was probably a more significant criminal. Um, Sean Little probably had, he had associations with, 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 with the Kinahan cartel um, through friendships with, with, with junior members of that organisation. Um, and those connections had had allowed him to access huge amounts of drugs, um, he had given them a, a reputation in the local community as having their backing, um, and Zach Parker was one of his close associates and had been also involved in the drugs trade. In you know quite a very respectable family, Zach Parker was from, um, had a profession as I said as a barber, but he'd been sucked into this life, and while his you know the full motive for his murder remains, um at least a bit murky at this point, um, it is believed that it was over a drugs debt. And these guys were all part, they were under the umbrella of the Gucci gang, headed up by, um, again, somebody who hasn't even hit their 30s, Mr. Flashy, who was trained up under the Kinahans and who formed this very powerful young grouping uh, in the Finglas area. But Zach Parker, from what we can kind of gather, is was alleged to have owed money to the Gucci gang, a debt unpaid. Again, these debts aren't exactly put down in, in uh, you know, in financial um, papers. This is all, sometimes a debt can multiply by 10 with uh, overnight, you know. But he was supposed to have owed money. Sean Little, his friend, we can see the beginnings of the divide really in the Gucci gang here. He has vowed to avenge his murder. He's been very public about his grieving for for Zach Parker, his friend. He had posted pictures of them together across the world on holidays. Um, you know, he had called him brother at the funeral of Zach Parker there in the January of 2019. There was a very public display of grief by a particular faction of the Gucci gang and then really of threats by the other faction. They had obviously clearly divided. And while Mr. Flashy himself posted some imagery around that funeral, he wasn't in attendance. Um, Sean Little's outfit had all showed up to grieve their their brother, Zach Parker, in the colours of the Kinahan cartel. But it was questionable about whether or not they were still involved or whether there was any sanctioning for that at the time. This looked as if it was merely a show of power. So 24 hours before Jordan Davis's murder, Sean Little is found dead in Balbriggan. Um, they, we had interestingly photographs at the scene at the time where some of his his uh 
his associates came out to to view the scene and were photographed there. But little did we know that within this subset of the subset of the Gucci gang, there had also been a fallout. I mean, it was a very complex situation, uh, what was going on and who was on which side. I mean... Exactly. I mean, these these people really, again, li- like we've talked about again and again with, with the Kinnons or the Hutches, they were all probably one organisation, happy organisation at one point. Um, they'd all, as you said, been seen in pictures in social media with each other at various times over their young lives. Um, but with Sean Little, um, he wasn't shot outside his house or anything like that. And, you know, it's quite clear that he was lured to her, to his death. I mean, I think that's that's really what sparked the feud is that or sparked that wave of a total wave of violence was that it was a bit more carefully planned and that he'd obviously uh, been asked to meet somebody that he knew and that he trusted to a degree, given that there was um, a level of, you know, threat against him. He wouldn't have been going to meet Mr. Flashy because that, that fallout had happened and he knew he he was behind, or certainly his associates were behind the murder of his friend, Zach Parker. He would have only have gone to meet somebody he totally trusted. And that's really why then his associates started looking inwards. They just knew he wasn't going to go meet an enemy on a dark road at night. No, and that's that's what sparked a, a very, very quick and dramatic wave of violence that uh, remains quite complicated in terms of that, that you know, little Sean Little's associates quickly identified um, a number of people who they believed they became convinced that had set him up, if not directly, had had you know helped plan it, um, that 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 they, full that they believed that that he'd been betrayed really by some of the people that were very very close to him, as you said as is typical when there's somebody shot dead there, you know, there's, there's the media quickly arrive at the scene. The police arrive at the scene, emergency services. And there was pictures taken and there was a group of guys, um, not all of them young, um, arrived at the scene. People that, that had known Sean Little and amongst them was a guy called, um, Hamid Sanabar, um, a guy 41 years old, um, probably stood out in that he was he was originally from Iran he stood out amongst the the, the Dublin guys there um, and it quickly be, he was greet he was with the grieving family including John Little's dad who was there um, but quickly the word seemed to have gotten back that 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 he was certainly under suspicion from Little's associates for helping set up the setting up his murder. Being the one who created this double cross, Hamid Sanambar had been knocking around with with Little and with another individual called Caelan Smith. Um, all sort of junior Kinahan members once within the Gucci gang together with Mr. Flashy and that the fallouts had happened. But he was somebody that had been rumoured as being sent directly by Daniel Kinahan to... Um, conduct some murders for him. He had these two uh, tattoos on his eye, two teardrops, which would suggest that he had killed two people. Um, he was said to have been um, a kind of a, an expert in beheading, that he had worked in Syria. There was all these rumours that surrounded him and we were seeing him knocking around with these much younger individuals. And he was quite a scary character from the outside anyway. But I think when you pulled away those 
layers of the onion, you kind of realise that this was actually a bit of a spoofer who was knocking around with the younger guys who had been floating around gangland a little bit, had come to Ireland some decades previous as opposed to years previous, had not been sent directly from Daniel Kinahan, had probably never met him and uh, was really working as protection for little um Sean Little after the, the Zach Parker murder because he too knew that his, his life was under threat but he believed he was working with them. Now associates of Little turned on Sanambar and shockingly um, seven days after Sean Little's murder he was shot dead in the garden of the Little family home when he came to pay his respects. There was a wake on in the house at the time and he was shot dead. There was actually video footage put up online of that murder uh, in the aftermath of it you know it wouldn't be unheard of for for in, within gangland for people to order murders you know or be involved in murders and then appear at the funeral of the guy that have, that they've after killing it just isn't unusual i mean it happens again and again um so that you know it's a way for people to deflect attention we see we saw it with 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 for example, with the, the murder of Hatchet Kavanaugh over in, in, in Spain, where people who are ordering the murder or suspected of ordering the murder or being involved were also offering condolences to the family on the same day. So uh, uh, Hamid Sanambar obviously was was doing the same or had, had arrived at the little home. The word got out and he was shot dead. Uh, very, very shocking. Uh, you know, at that point, it really felt... It was a very, very volatile situation because these guys were all... Three murders in seven three days. Three murders in seven days. Um, obviously, there was very, very young, volatile people with access to huge amounts of basically Kinnan cartel weaponry, um, access to a lot of money. And certainly there was a, a, a really deep personal uh, vendetta against certain individuals. Um so in a way to explain it, while the Gucci gang had had a fallout which led to the murder of Zach Parker, um, the murder of Sean Little created another fallout within his grouping. So you were having divides multiplied by divide. And Hannambar's murder was, you know, um, a real show that the tight inner circle of Stephen Little's gang had fallen out. Um now, Caelan Smith, who would have been another person photographed out at the scene, the Sean Little scene, um, he was a known hitman for hire within gangland circles. And he seemed to have been next that was targeted by Little's associates as having been caught up with this double cross that had led to his murder. He bizarrely went to England to take a lie detector test and was photographed while taking this test, being asked had he anything to do with Little's murder, saying he hadn't. He sent back the results of the test to associates of Little and they proceeded to put it up online um, and to mock him for doing so. It was a Jeremy Kyle moment in the middle of uh, of, of gangland Ireland, you know. Um, I don't know how much uh, scientific value lie detector tests have, but... It was certainly this is I mean Caitlin Smith was 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 a name that that was well known because he had been at that point arrested for the murder or for the attempted murder of Michael Gately. And his name uh, I, I think had kind of surprised people at the time because he although he had been associating with the, the Kinning cartel, 
you know, he maybe wasn't regarded as as being at the top end at that stage, but he'd become known for that. For Michael Gately had been shot at close range at a, a, at a petrol station, but had survived. And Caelan Smith had become the chief suspect for that. Smith had obviously, um, he had been drafted in for that murder or that attempted murder because of his reputation as a violent criminal in, in, in amongst the, the, the broader Gucci gang. Um, but the, his home base was, was as, as part of the Sean little, little gang. Um, but he had quickly realized that despite all his connections or whatever, or whatever he had developed, um, that it was, that, that, that wasn't going to stop him being targeted by, by Sean Little's associates. Um, like the lie detector test is a funny thing. I actually saw one recently on TikTok of some woman uh, uh, doing a, uh, some Dublin woman doing a lie detector test to, pr- to prove she hadn't slept with this other person or whatever. So it was, these things were going around and they have to fly over to England because they're not really available in Ireland. But, uh, you know, despite... Business opportunity for somebody perhaps. To, a business opportunity, it could be, it could be. Um, and also, as an aside, you shouldn't be getting your news off TikTok. No, no. Well, that's where it's all going on, Nicola. I'm yeah, to tell you. I know. But see you at it. Yeah. But um, so very addictive. But it didn't. It didn't convince, and Smith remained uh, uh, the number one target for Little's associates. And he was the person that that was that was blamed. He was the person that they wanted to get. That they took the most offence to. He had been very, very close to Sean Little, pictured in with him many, many times, and he became. Uh, he had a, a a price on his head. There was a lawlessness to the the whole environment um, out there at that time. There was this sense of it being almost like the Wild West. In September of twenty nineteen, months after his son was shot dead. Stephen Little was caught with a gun, a Grand Power G9 semi-automatic pistol. He was caught in Harmonston with an associate. And uh, when he was later appeared before the courts and pleaded guilty to the offence, uh, it was heard that he told the cops on his arrest that you could have given me another hour and I would have killed the bastard that killed my son. I lost my marriage and my son. And of course, he was referring to Caelan Smith because he was apprehended on his way to, uh, well, certainly with weaponry in the car. And, um, you know, it was suspected that he was on his way to uh, pay a visit to Caelan Smith. Now, he's in jail and um, he has since been, Stephen Little, that is, the father of Sean Little, he has since been questioned in relation to the murder of Hamid Sanambar. Um, the feud eventually, or this this explosion of violence, eventually petered out in May of 2020 with the murder of Owen Boylan, uh, an individual again from the Gucci gang who had posted a Facebook uh, message in after Sean Little's murder, uh, sorry, after Jordan, after Jordan Davis's murder, referring to Sean Little, you're resting with him too. Um, you know, he was, I don't think there's been anybody charged yet as in relation to Owen Boylan's murder, but he was seen as the kind of the the kind of the end uh to that feud as such. It was the policing of the area, the arrest of key figures had kind of quelled the violence, which had to quell eventually because it was so ferocious it couldn't have continued like that. Yeah, I mean uh, Stephen Little's uh you know testimony given to Gardy, I think is pretty uncommon 
you know, for, for somebody to say that, if you give me another hour, I would have killed them. Um, because it just shows you the level of, of personal grievance that was going on. Um, Stephen Little, uh, you know, had, had been a shop owner in the area. He, but anyway, he got sucked into this 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 cycle of revenge. Um, own uh, Fishy Boylan, as he was known, had really become a target and had escaped um, a number of previous attempts on his life. He'd been warned very clearly that his life was in danger. Um, he had been told that if you reappear in the local area, um, you know, you're, you're, there, there's a very, very serious threat against your life. But he did reappear and and was was shot dead in, in November, close to his home. Obviously, in the meantime as well, Caitlin Smith ended up, you know, being charged with Michael Gately's attempted murder and he ended up in prison. Um, he wasn't on the streets. And, you know, in a very quick period of time, the main players were either dead or behind bars. I mean, you know, it just it, it you know, it just shows you how these feuds can can, you know, burn out, I suppose. There's really a, it's a handful of people that are willing yeah. to carry them out. And, you know, once you get a few f- main players behind bars, you know, some of the heat goes out of it or or does for a period of time anyway. Um so And when they're behaving in such a volatile fashion, they're sure to be caught, as you know, as as Wayne Cooney showed. Um, there was a sense of a break from reality completely out there during that period of time and people just believing that they could go up and just draw a gun and kill somebody and they weren't even checking to see where they, you know, what, what sort of a, I mean, in some cases, some of the cars that were used in in um, the getaway, certainly of Hamid Sanambar, the car had just been purchased a week beforehand and was very traceable back to where it had come from. Yeah, so it shows it shows a couple of things. It shows the dangerousness of them because if people are are, you know, if they're they really don't seem to care about being caught, it just shows you the level that they people, you know, the the threat that is that is against people, you know, it's dangerous in some ways it's more it's more dangerous than when people are really trying to make money from from the criminal underworld or trying to survive or stay out of prison. Um but it, it does show as well maybe the breakdown in, in, in the order of gangland and, and maybe the long-term consequences of, you know, the, the, the fracturing of, of what was once a very disciplined organisation into a series of, as you said, sub-feuds and sub-outfits that aren't uh, uh, bound by that kind of uh, uh, desire to make money. They primarily seem to be desired by, you know, Let's not be, nobody shows disrespect. And I suppose the the one figure and finally that remains there very much on the scene and has, you know, gone back into another feud is Mr. Flashy. He stayed hands off with that outbreak of violence in 2019. He has now gone to war and his associates have gone to war with associates of James Whelan, who was murdered on April 3rd in the Finglas area. Finglas is back again on a knife edge. Um, it's flooded with Gardaí. There's been 80 attacks so far, beatings, shootings, grenade attacks, fires set to houses. Um, female associates of those involved, targeted. Uh, he seems to be very dedicated, flashy, to his, his locality and to sustaining that sense of power and who he is there. So if you look at uh, Mr. Flashy, there is big money to be made in, 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 in that area selling drugs. And he's remained that, that, that access to money 
has allowed him to to probably stay hands off on some of the crimes um, where he's able to have enough young people around him to do some of the dirty work for him. Um, but, you know, you have to say that that um, there is a, a lag in police catching up with people um, and that uh, Mr. Flashy's Day will come in that way. Um, you know, that it is being heavily policed and, um, you know, he... Like many of his associates, um, I don't think he'd be here uh, causing that level of chaos in 20 years one way or another. Okay, Niall Donald, thank you very much. Thanks. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. If you like the podcast and love true crime, why not download the sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.